Dennis Stewart joining us. And what's on the agenda today, Dennis? Well, Jane, I thought what we'd do to start with today is to look at what we might refer to as the rise of alternative or complementary medicine in recent times and look at perhaps some of the causes behind that rise and then look at some of the needs to be cautious in our use of complementary medicine. And we're taking your calls with Dennis Stewart for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre on 49216216 and Jack's rung in from Wall's End. Hello, Jack. Hello. Hello, Jack. Oh, thanks, Dennis, for taking me call. It's a pleasure. Uh, I've had the shingles pain, yes. that, that, no rash, yes. but the uh, pain and the itch yes. since August 2012. Oh, that's nasty, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it just gives you a billy overnight time, but I just wonder whether you could help us out okay. with anything. I'll mention a few things, and you may well have tried them, but I will go through them with you. Yeah. Um, there is a product called Zostrix, and Zostrix is a pharmaceutical product that you can get over the counter from your pharmacist, and it's indicated specifically, let me emphasize, specifically for what's called post-hepatic neuralgia, which is what you are suffering from. Right. Now, Zostrix is based on an extract of capsicum, and it has a scientific, credible basis as to how it alleviates certainly the pain and even perhaps some of the itch associated with this condition. Mm -hmm. What you're experiencing is a neuralgic condition that is frequently uh, experienced by people. I'm surprised yours has lingered for so long. But if you have not used Zostrix, I would suggest make a beeline to your pharmacist, uh, mention the product at Z-O-S-T-R-I-X, and yeah. as far as I'm aware, in fact, I'm confident you do not need a script. He can give it to you. It's a pharmacy-only product. Um, I would try that. If you're going to use it, um, sometimes there's an initial smarting uh, that tends to dissipate in most cases. Where, where was your shingles active? Underneath the left um, um, arm okay. and around to me back. Now, Dennis, okay. before you give me anything yes. more... Uh, I have been on Lyrica for quite some yes, time, yes. and also he has subscribed me this one that you've just mentioned, okay. and it does burn like billiards. Okay. Now, w what I would say there is um, it, it will burn initially, but most patients tend to work through that, uh, and if you can work through it, perhaps by not applying it as vigorously, eventually you will get some relief from it. Mm -hmm. but, but having said that, there are two other th uh, substances yep. that have a good uh, potential for alleviating some of the distress, and they would be easily procured from your local health food store, maybe even your pharmacy. But oil of cloves, C-L-O-V-E-S. Yeah. Now, cloves is famous for its ability to numb or neutralise toothache, yep. and it has what's referred to in the literature as anti-neuralgic characteristics. Right. And, and in, in uh, earlier times, uh, it would have been used for addressing this problem. Um, it's not popularly known, but it's easily procured. What right. I would do if you are not handling Zostrix well, um, get hold of a little uh, amount of oil of cloves. It would come in a very s small container right. and, and do a patch test 
Right. I, I advise. Is that a rub-on, Dennis? Is now, it, or? Well, it is a rub-on. It's not an yeah. oral medication. It's a rub-on medication. But yeah. with all rub-on medications, I uh, recommend clients or patients to do what's called a patch test first. Yeah. That yeah. is to just do it on a little, say, 50-cent piece area to make sure that you tolerate it. And if you tolerate it, then apply it over the whole area. Mm-hmm. So there's two things. The other thing might surprise you, and again, your pharmacist, particularly if you get into a compounding pharmacist, uh, menthol, straight out menthol, hey. uh, uh, in a cream base or an ointment base, uh, has some ability, particularly to neutralise uh, itch and even some degree of right. pain. And that's a very, very accessible product and very economical. So you've got a, a number of options there. Your GP's on the ball by prescribing those things, what you've mentioned. Yeah. I go back to the point, persevere a little bit with Zostrix, persevere mm. a little bit with it. If, if however, it's intolerant, uh, move on to trying some oil of cloves right. and also think of some menthol. Thanks a million. Okay. This is Health Naturally and Dennis Stewart taking your calls on 49216216. Sandra, you've rung in from Katara and you've got a problem with warts, is that right? Yes, well, I don't. My little girl has. Hello, Dennis. Hello, how are you? Not bad, thank you. Good. How old is your so, little girl? Um, she's 11. Okay. And how long has she had the warts for? Um, probably about three to six months now. Okay. Um, you've probably been told by your GP that warts will eventually go, but they can, yes. be, they can be quite um, discouraging, particularly for young people. And I found over the years that there are a couple of little approaches that seem to work pretty well. Um, so I'll mention a couple of them to you. Uh, where are the warts, by the way, on the, on the hands? Um, she's got one on her hand yeah. and one on her elbow yes. and one um, is a plantar wart on her foot and she's a dancer, so it's extremely painful. Well, of course it would be. Look, I don't know what you have tried, but what I would suggest you do is uh, access a cream or an ointment based on the European herb called Thuja, T-H-U-J-A, Thuja, in our literature. It's the most popularly used topical application for addressing those sorts of warts. It needs to be worked with and persevered with, but it is not nasty. It is not caustic. That is, it it doesn't burn. Um, So I would be suggesting you use that topically. And secondly, what I would be suggesting is that you address the viral background by accessing, say, an antiviral herb such as astragalus. Now, astragalus is readily available in our health food stores. You're at Katara. Um, you can go up um, to Vitology there in the um, shopping centre there at Westfield and get hold of some um, arnica ointment and, I'm sorry, three-hour ointment and um, also use some astragalus 8 orally as a preparation to address the background, the viral background. Those two things may accelerate the resolution of the problem. The third thing I would mention, and this would require you to see a practitioner or someone uh, that stocks these things, uh, Blackmores have a range of products known as celloids, C-E-L-L-O-I-D-S. Now, celloids is a product range based on minerals. They were developed by Morris Blackmore, the original founder of Blackmores, many years ago. 
and I use those minerals and in what I refer to as the Brown Book written by Morris Blackmore there's a section there dealing with warts where a number of minerals are mentioned and over the years particularly in stubborn conditions where warts haven't resolved or haven't been resolved on the basis of what I've said I've recommended patients to use those celloids and very frequently they will do the job and do it rather quickly. So there are a couple of options for you. Go to Westfield, go to Vitology, get hold of some Thuya ointment, use it topically. So, just, so with the ointment, uh, Dennis, do you put a dressing over the top of that? I think on, on the foot, obviously, you'd have to do something like yeah. that. And uh, even, yeah. even on the, on the, um, the limbs, the fingers, etc., put a Band-Aid or yeah. something like that on them. Um, use that, but also address it by using, as I've said, an antiviral agent. Uh, say some mm. astragalus and keep in your mind if that is sluggish and not doing well whip over to my rooms at 39 Alma Road and get hold of the celloids Good okay, lovely. Thanks for your call Sandra and you too can get your question through to Dennis Stewart today on 49216216 Dennis we've talked a lot uh, over the last few weeks about different kinds of different aspects of mm. complementary medicine and um, lots of people seem to be interested in it. Mm. Why do you think? Is this an increase in the interest mm. in complementary medicine, alternative medicine? Jane, I've thought about this and, uh, if you like, philosophized about it for many, many years. As you know and many of the listeners know, I've been involved in complementary or what used to be called alternative medicine for the best part of my life, certainly for well over 35 years. I've put it down perhaps to a number of things. I think that... Um, uh, in modern times, uh, certainly in the 60s and 70s, there was somewhat of a social revolution politically and other ways, and uh, medicine began to be looked at in the same way that other institutions had been looked at, and a lot of questions uh, started to be asked, particularly of what we refer to as mainstream medicine, not necessarily critical, by the way, uh, but looking for sorts of things that needed to be answered. And I think what emerged was that it was shown that Western medicine, brilliant as it is, and we all need it and access it, hasn't got all the answers to human problems. And alternative or complementary medicine arose as a result, I believe, of people looking for options in other systems of medicine to address problems that perhaps weren't well addressed within the mainstream. There was, of course, if you like, a political element. The counterculture, of course, took it up very strongly, and uh, one can understand why. But I think it was part of that social revolution that began to question all institutional things, po politically, educationally, and also medically, and out of that sprung what's been referred to as the Renaissance in uh, traditional medicine, acupuncture, uh, came on the scene, uh, I was one of the first, if not the first, to practice it in Newcastle. And uh, herbal medicine, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic medicine became more acceptable. All those things were part of the change. But also, don't overlook, don't overlook the way in which many people coming from other countries brought with them their own medical ideas. Um, the, the, one of the virtues of living in, in a multicultural society is that we benefit from what these people bring with them. And so uh, Chinese medicine was brought here, and it would be absurd for anyone to think that, say, Chinese medicine was not now a settled part 
of the medical horizon in this country. Um, even a lot of the uh, uh, Middle Eastern people that have come from places like Syria and Lebanon and these places, they have brought with them uh, a system of medicine that goes right back to the Greeks, known as the Dib system of medicine, based on, on the ideas of Gale and the Four Humours, and that is still very popularly practised amongst people here. So I think multicultural factors changing population, a more questioning population, has seen the rise of other healing modalities. But let me just say this is in no way at all uh, criticising the brilliance of mainstream Western medicine, and that's why I prefer the, to use the term complementary rather than alternative. This is Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, taking your calls on 49216216 and discussing complementary medicine in general. But we have Debbie on the line from Gwandolin. Hello. Hello. Hello, Debbie. Oh, hello, Dennis. Thank you. Pleasure. Um, I just have a question about menopause. Yes. Okay. Yes. My, my mum, she's 75 years old. Yes. She's never been on HRT. Yes. She's had a bone density test done recently, Mm -hmm. and it showed that she has osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. Um, And she is actually shrinking. Mm -hmm. She is getting smaller. And I know she's in pain because she has arthritis as well. Yes. Is there anything we can do to help her with that? Can Uh, we reverse osteoporosis? Has your doctor discussed with her... Um, medication that addresses the, the problem? Ah, uh, yes, okay. they have. Yes. yes, they have. And is your mother pursuing that? As far as I know. Yes. Well, yes, she is. well that, that sort of treatment, I think, mm. is, is, is necessary. Okay. Uh, how far or whether or not it reverses the process, yeah. I can't comment, but what I would say is if your mum has that degree of compromise yes. as far as her bony structure is concerned, uh, she must follow the advice of the GP and use um, medication, modern medication, that will tend to uh, lessen the deterioration. I presume, I presume Mum is also uh, looking at her diet and making sure that she's supplementing yes. uh, with, with a good calcium supplement. She's yes. probably been doing that. that that's great. Um, I think as far as the osteoporosis is concerned, that's what I would be recommending if she has reached okay. that stage and uh, she needs that medical management. Uh, obviously, it's advanced. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, the medical treatment is the way to go. Okay, excellent. Now about me. Yes, what about you? <laughs> You're not osteoporotic, are you? <laughs> well, I, I'd like to get to that before that does happen. Okay. I'm 55. Yes. I had a hysterectomy yes. 17 years ago, right. and I've never been on HRT myself. Mm-hmm. And I had a test done recently to say that my ovaries have now died on me. Okay. So... Um, I'm looking for an alternative too before I do get to that point. Are, are, are you symptomatic? Do you, oh. I have, do you have any symptoms of, of menopausal distress? Oh, yes, I've gone through all that since my hysterectomy. Okay. So, um, mm-hmm. are you or have you used anything to, to buffer some of it, or are you comfortable with your situation presently? I, I have tried uh, different remedies over, over time. Um, Natural but, remedies because but, but you're I'm comfortable, are you now? I, I am now. That's good. But I, I just want to be on top of everything before I go down the osteoporosis track myself. Well, there's no so, guarantee you will. Okay. There's no guarantee you will. I, I'm always a little bit, uh, how can I call it, reserved about uh, putting ourselves 
into a, a fatalistic pathway. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think simply because our parents experienced a problem, mm. it doesn't necessarily follow that we will experience that problem. We have to realise that a lot of attitudes have changed in your generation towards diet and lifestyle, mm. um, all those sorts of things. And I don't think that um, you have to necessarily see that as something that's going to happen to you. Having said that, in your situation, I'd again be saying a healthy diet, and yep. that's always the starting point. What distresses me in our industry is the way in which too frequently popping multiple pills, vitamins, minerals and things like this unnecessarily is seen as the way to go to maintain health. It isn't. It's, it's the food that we eat as the starting base. So I'm a big fan, for instance, of the Mediterranean diet with a lot of emphasis on seafood and uh, a lot of em emphasis on fresh fruits and vegetables. Yep. Um, that sort of diet, uh, and, and also the, the Japanese diet with its emphasis on seafood, has uh, given us a lot of information to suspect that that sort of dietary emphasis is in fact protective against a lot of the civilizational diseases that we see, perhaps even that that your mother has been experiencing. Yep. So at a very general level, I'd be saying to you and saying to listeners, look more closely at the Mediterranean emphasis. Look more closely at those dietary regimes that uh, cause us to sit back and take notice of why these people um, are living, uh, how can you call it, longer lives, uh, equally healthy lives, and not suffering some of the diseases that we are. Look at that, but also uh, in defence of supplementation, I think... Uh, Going, go to your health food store, support our health food stores. They're dying all over the country, which is, which is a pity. Um, very enthusiastic people who are trying to make sure that the, the, these little shops survive. Go to your health food store and, and get a good calcium supplement. Persevere with that. Yeah, okay. I will take all of that on board okay, Debbie. and do what you've said. Be, Thank be, you very be, much. Become Mediterranean. Yes, <laughs> excellent. I agree. Okay. Thank you. So either Mediterranean or Japanese. Or Japanese. And, and it's a bit of a blend. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm one of these people that love sushi and, uh, and yet at the other hand I love olives and uh, I love a bit of red wine and <laughs> I won't go any further. And I haven't got osteoporosis, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Dennis. There's obviously something in it. Health Naturally on 2NURFM for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. Now, we've been talking about the rise of complementary medicine. Of course, also happy to take your calls on 49216216. Uh, so the rise of interest in complementary medicine. Grandma always used to have some good remedies, and for a while we didn't pay any attention to that. It wasn't scientific enough. Well, you could, you could say that about complementary medicine too because a lot of complementary medicine, in fact, draws on tradition and, uh, and we should never neglect the importance of tradition. I, I'll directly talk about Grandma's Remedies in a moment, but one of the texts, Jane, that uh, influenced my career and I still use it on a daily basis, I've lectured from it for at least 25 years, is a text by the German medical professional, a professional Dr. Rudolf Weiss. He was a, a, a medical practitioner but a brilliant exponent of modern herbal medicine and he wrote a book entitled um, Herbal Medicine, obviously the English translation. And in the first chapter of that book, which I've said to my students for years is probably the most important chapter in that book, he says that herbal medicine, if we use that as an example of what we're talking about, um, is based on two pillars today. 
It is based on an emerging scientific structure so that we know increasingly how some of our herbs work. But also behind many herbs, particularly those that don't yield their secrets easily to chemistry, is what's called tradition. And Weiss says tradition is the second pillar of this edifice of modern herbal medicine. And tradition in Weiss's way is as important as the scientific explanation and the many medical traditions uh, go back uh, to experience, go back to tradition. Now you've said grandma's remedies. Well, it might surprise listeners when I say that one of the most important discoveries in medicine, one of the most important discoveries in medicine was made by Dr. William Withering, who noticed that people in Shropshire in the United Kingdom were brewing up um, Digitalis Lenata, Foxglove, were brewing it up and treating what the general population called dropsy. These days we refer to it as congestive cardiac failure. That is where the body uh, develops fluid retention, the heart becomes under pressure, and he noticed that people down there in drinking Digitalis, which, by the way, I'm not suggesting in any way that people do that today, but we're talking about grandma's remedies. Here was a tradition that was being passed on in a community. Now, Withering wasn't a sceptic, and I I get distressed when I still meet people that are sceptical about the rise of complementary medicine because it shows, in my opinion, a lack of understanding and a lack of willingness to take note of what's happening. Well, Withering went down there and took note of what was going on and wasn't a sceptic and began to use the technique in his own practice and found that it worked and it worked continually. From that, from that was discovered the drug, or we call it lenoxin, which is based on digitalis glycosides and they are popularly used in medicine today. Not as popular as they were, but my mother in her final years was treated well by her GP who prescribed uh, that particular medication based perhaps on grandma's remedy going back to Shropshire where many grandmas had passed on this information. So there's a good example of grandma's remedies impacting and having an effect even on modern medicine. Very interesting, Dennis. Now, 49216, the number for your calls through. Sharon has rung in from Toronto. Hello, Sharon. Hello. Hello, Sharon. Um, hello. Um, I'm suffering from migraines quite regularly. Mm. They're nasty, aren't they? They are, yes. Okay. Now, I don't know what you may have tried, Sharon, by way of alternative or complementary medicine, but I'll men- uh, mention one or two um, herbs that I frequently draw on. I must say, mainly in combination, that would mean that frequently I would prescribe these herbs in a liquid, in a liquid formulation uh, as a combination. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean they have to be taken this way. Now, I don't know whether you have used the European herb feverfew. Uh, no, I haven't tried anything okay. alternative. Well, if you have a computer, Google up FIFA few right. and, its, and its association to migraine. There's a, a significant amount of information supporting the fact that this particular herb, FIFA few contains a group of substances called parthenolides, which have a significant effect on the etiology of migraine. 
I have used it over the years. It's an over-the-counter preparation. It doesn't need to be scripted. It is a low-dose herb, usually coming in an encapsulated form. I would certainly try that first up before I went for anything else. It is taken, by the way, prophylactically. It's not used to treat an episode. It is used as a means of trying to abort the episodes, uh, stopping them from occurring, so to speak. So yeah. you, use some fee for few. The other herb that is perhaps the mainstay of my stubborn treatments that don't yield to softer herbs like fee-for-few is an American herb that unfortunately is not uh, that easy to procure, but it is very effective and very well defined in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which is the Bible of modern herbal medicine, and its name is Jamaica Dogwood. Now, that's, I know it's a weird name. Herbal medicine is renowned for its weird names. Uh, botanically, it's known as Pisidia, P-I-S-C-I-D-I-A, Google that up. Uh, you may be able to get it from your health food store or if you have a herbalist or an atropath where you are, they may have a liquid extract of it. If you can't get Jamaica dogwood uh, and if you need it after having used FIFAFU and not being helped, come to my rooms at 39 Alma Road and we can dispense it for you. There are two herbs, and I say this to listeners generally, there are two herbs which have helped many of my clients and patients over the years. It would be foolish to say everyone that uses them does well, but certainly they have helped many. Start with FIFAFU. If that's not doing the job, seek out a practitioner and use the British Herbal Pharmacopeal recommendation of Jamaica Dogwood. Okay, lovely. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Sharon. 49216216. Still got time for another call or two. And uh, how do you spell FIFA few, Dennis? FIFA few. F E V E R, fever. Oh, fever. Few. F E W. Fever, few. Tanacetum is its botanical name. This is Health Naturally at 921. And Dennis Stewart, we were talking about grandma's remedies. We were. And isn't that an interesting story about how a grandma's remedy uh, hundreds of years ago was taken on board medically and shown to be one of the greatest discoveries in modern medicine for treating one of the most troublesome conditions. And, and it all started with grandma's remedy. And Fox ended Club. up as digitalis. Digitalis yes, and, and, as we said, modern medications, uh, things like lenoxin, etc., are based essentially on the constituents of, of that particular herb. But, you know, there's another very interesting grandma's remedy that my wife um, used in the raising of our four children, uh, and it was always very, very successful. My wife is a great uh, exponent of, um, of what you might call grandma's remedy, being a good country girl herself. Um, many parents uh, will experience kids that have troublesome coughs, particularly at night time, keeping the whole household awake well one of grandma's remedies was as simple as this get a very hot onion a brown onion or a white onion and slither it then cut it into very uh, fine slivers and put it in a bowl and sprinkle over the cut onion some white or brown sugar it doesn't matter let it stand for a couple of hours probably three four or five hours it doesn't matter what will happen is over a period of time the essential oil in the onion will blend with the sugar and what you will have is an onion syrup. That onion syrup can be poured off and it can be bottled. It can be kept in the fridge. It's always wise to warm it if you're going to use it. But that then can be given to kids, teaspoonful doses. Harmless. I have never known 
a domestic remedy to work so effectively as onion syrup. Mm-hmm. And my wife, in her quaintness, um, to ensure that the job was being done doubly with onion, used to also slice an onion and, and leave it in the kids' room. The theory there being that the, the droplets, if you like, of the, uh, of the essential oil of the onion that would be released in the atmosphere that had a significant deterrent effect on any bacterial or viral activity. Now, whether or not that is true or not, you certainly knew the next morning when you went into their bedroom, all you could smell was just onion everywhere. But look, it was quite a, an amazing thing. And uh, uh, my, my daughters, and uh, I don't know whether my, my sons do it, but my daughters still use onion syrup. Uh, and my kids will, my grandkids will probably see it as grandma's remedy. They will indeed. <laughs> so is it very sweet when it's uh, Look, it is sweet. Uh, and that, that's, that's the it's thing about attraction. it. It's not unpleasant at all. Mm. And, um, but the thing is you must use none of these modern onions that have got uh, no punch to them. You have to use the, the white or the brown onion, the strong onion, and um, and leave it stand for a period of time and just um, filter off the liquid. I've never known kids to uh, to object to it. Certainly ours weren't going to. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. So uh, Grandma does come up. Your wife, of course, yes, has of course. been a grandma who's come and up look, with some uh, I, I think, again, in defence in defense of grandmas and in defence of tradition, we are a poorer society. We are a poorer society if we turn our back on tradition, the experience of our elders, and think that modernity is all that is required today. But modernity, if it doesn't bring with it or take with it some of the medical traditions of the past, in my opinion, is going to be much poorer. Much now, poorer. Um, as well as that, I suppose, a certain mm. amount of common sense comes... And this is a very good point, because what happens is sometimes people that uh, discover complementary medicine or use um, something and find that it works brilliantly, unfortunately go a little bit overboard and think and think that herbal medicine or homeopathic medicine or acupuncture or any of these things, that this is the only way to go and to an extent feel as though they don't need to reach out to modern medicine. And I've seen the sad consequences of this. Let me get over and say this, that we live in a modern Western society Modern medicine has brought us where we are. Our general practitioners are the front line of our health care. Complementary or alternative medicine should be seen as something to be used wisely and sensibly and not in any way at all used in place of the mainstream. It's used to complement, and that way it is very safe and very few, few GPs that I'm aware of these days have any reservations about their patients using sensible complementary medicine and I can only uh, speak favourably of those that practice and uh, involve themselves in it at multiple areas the knowledge base these days even at the level of the health food store the pharmacy and certainly amongst natural medicine practitioners is profound so there's a, a great safety net for the modern use of these things but again I say to listeners there are conditions that obviously require medical management and should not be glossed over. For instance, anyone attempting to treat something like diabetes uh, with complementary alternative medicine is in a very dangerous and illegal position. So I wanted to mention that because it's possible for people to get carried away with my enthusiasm and think that, oh, this has got all the answers, it's got some answers. 
Well, thank you, Dennis Stewart. And of course, if you'd like to have a listen to what Dennis has said again, it's available on podcast through our website, 2NURFM.com, but also through iTunes. So thank you, Dennis, and we look forward to talking with you again next Friday afternoon after the thank midday Thank you, James, news. and lovely. Thank you.